Hi, I'm Molly, and you're listening to the Mind Matters podcast. I have a thing called misophonia, which means I have a strong reaction to certain sounds. Not many people know what it is, and sometimes that makes it harder. My younger sister has OCD, and lots of people misunderstand what that means for her. That's why I've made this podcast, to help people learn more about some commonly misunderstood or little-known disorders so that we can all live life with a little more empathy. You are an amazing person with an amazing brain and you just have to learn how to use it properly. Today I'll be speaking with Tracy Roundtree from ADHD New Zealand to understand more about the condition ADHD. Could you please tell us a little bit about yourself and your experiences with ADHD? Sure. Uh, So I got involved with ADHD when I had my son diagnosed um, at four, so quite early, and I also have a daughter who's uh, ADHD. And then through that process, I was diagnosed at 41 with ADHD. What is ADHD? It's actually a little bit complicated, um, and I think there's lots of people who don't understand ADHD. So it's Attention Deficit Hyperactivity Disorder, which sounds pretty negative, doesn't it, when you say it like that? Um, But we actually have a a word in New Zealand for it now. Have you heard of of it before, Molly? No, I don't think so. Okay, so it's Aroreritane, which means attention goes to many things. Um, So it's nicer but you do have to learn how to pronounce it properly, of course. Mm -hmm. How common is ADHD? It's actually a lot more common than people think. So it's estimated between 5 and 9% of the population have ADHD. Mm. Do you know how long ago ADHD was first diagnosed? Well, the first... Um, the first writing or talking about a condition that has the similar um, symptoms was in 1798. So it was a very long time ago and it was a a German psychiatrist and he actually wrote a book about it called Fidgety Phil, Fidgety Philip. So it has been around for a long time. Cool. What age is it most commonly diagnosed? Traditionally, it's normally children because they thought that it was a paediatric or a childhood condition. But now we know that it actually runs through the whole life. So a lot more adults are now being diagnosed. And a lot of the reason they're finding out about ADHD is because of their children. So um, there are more people now being diagnosed than ever before. That brings me on to my next question. Um, Does ADHD affect certain ages, cultures, genders more than others? No, I think that's another one of those myths around it, Molly, because it is actually all over the world. And although more boys have been diagnosed, there actually shouldn't be a difference. It should be for both genders. So um, again, these things are slowly changing because we know a lot more now. Nice. 
Could you tell us what's happening in the brain of somebody with ADHD? Sure. Uh, so there are actual differences in the brains and we know this because we have some amazing technology. So we have functional MRIs and we have PET scans. And so what they've found is there's a couple of areas in the brain that are a little bit different. So one in particular is a little bit smaller in people with ADHD. And that's got nothing to do with intelligence because we are often very smart and creative, uh, but it just takes a little bit of time to mature. So that's sometimes why people think about it being more in children because it's more obvious. Uh, and the other one is to do with our, our brain's communication system. So our brain talks to all its different parts and directs our body by using chemical and electrical signals. And in people with ADHD, some of these chemical signals um, with dopamine, for example, it's not really working properly. It's not functioning correctly. So that's why we have trouble doing things sometimes because it's our brain not communicating properly. How might that look to somebody? Oh, that's a good question, Molly. So it's very hard because the thing is people with ADHD all look very different. So some people are more hyperactive. So you can see that because they're busy and they're talking and perhaps they're not always, you know, focused on what they should be. And then we have people who have inattentive ADHD. And so they can find it difficult to, um, to focus on the areas they're supposed to in school. And perhaps they might um, miss some of the instructions and might be a little bit more, um, introverted perhaps so so it does look quite different so that's a really tricky question to answer mm -hmm. um what ways is school difficult for those with adhd oh that's a big one molly uh, so another part of our brain that is a little bit different is around our executive functions so what they are um is how our brain operates and controls all of the tasks and activities and things that we need to do over the day. So it's around attention and focus and our memory. Um, it also is to do with, you know, conversations and social skills and things like that. So those areas are not working as well as they should. And that's part of that, um, that part of the brain that's a little bit um, underdeveloped. So it can mean that it's hard to pay attention to the teacher and to remember to get your assignments in on time. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it's tricky to work in groups um, or follow the conversations, especially when lots of people are talking at once. So those are some of the kind of things that, that people might have trouble with. How could we make it better for them? Oh, probably by maybe being a little bit more understanding and just you know, checking in and saying, you know, are you all good? Um, and giving them a little bit of empathy because the thing is everybody makes mistakes sometimes and it's really hard if you've got a, a brain that's jumping around and it's really busy and sometimes you're not always thinking before you say something and then once something's said, it's like, oh, oh no. Um, 
and they get a little bit embarrassed. So maybe just giving them a little bit of a chance. Yeah. Do you think there are a lot of people out there who have ADHD but don't realise it? Yes, there's a lot actually. Um, so although I mentioned that there might be about 5 to 9% of the population, which is pretty big, um, only about 2% or just over 2% in New Zealand have been diagnosed. So there's a lot of people out there who are still learning and and perhaps by lo looking at things like this, Molly, and hearing people talking about it, they might start thinking, hmm, maybe there's something going on. Yeah, that's interesting. Can you grow out of ADHD? Some people, so they say about 20%, maybe a little bit more, might look like they've grown out of it. And it's a bit of a tricky one because we do still have those differences in the brain. So what that can be is the fact that we've got some really cool tips and tricks and hacks and things that help us in some of those things that we're not so good at. So we might still have an ADHD brain, but it's not being so impactful or making things as difficult as perhaps when we were younger. Is there any cure for ADHD? No, no, there's not. Uh, because of the fact that it's to do with our brain. So all we can do is um, perhaps find out and get diagnosis is really helpful and then make sure that we get lots of support. And if everybody works together and helps give us some strategies and, and and things that we can use to help us with those things that we find hard, that's what makes a really big difference. What are the strategies? So it is using things like technology. So perhaps if you find it a little bit difficult to remember dates or when you've got, um, uh, you might have some things on with or um, some assignments to do, something coming up in your calendar, you can use your phone. Mm -hmm. uh, it's also good to maybe write things down. It's good to maybe get into a routine and maybe use a whiteboard and have, have a calendar up so that you can use that to help you remember. And also it's about learning about your ADHD. That's probably going to be one of the biggest things. And that way you know that it's not something that has to, you know, you're not a bad person. Um, you are an amazing person with an amazing brain and you just have to learn how to use it properly. Are there different types of ADHD? Yes. So, we have three types of ADHD and they call them presentations. Uh, so we have the hyperactive impulsive. And so these are the busy people, the ones running around and very active. And then we have the inattentive ADHD. So they are the ones that are more um, a bit quieter and have trouble more with just the, the focus and paying attention. And then we have combined. So they have six of the symptoms from the impulsive and six of the symptoms for um, from the high, um, inattentive. So, yeah, they're a bit of a mixed bag. 
So there are those three types. How hard was it for people with ADHD before it had a name? Well, it actually had lots of different names and some of them weren't actually very nice. So um, they call it hyperkinetic disorder in some parts of Europe and it used to um, be called minimal brain damage and it was, it was all these funny words um, around moral control and things like that. So how it is now, it may change again because um, it doesn't completely tell the story about all of those different types of ADHD. What things do you personally find most difficult about having ADHD? Well, there are things like with my timekeeping. So with people with ADHD, it's very hard for them to picture time and to recognise how much time has passed or how long it's going to take to do something. So that's why um, I have to use things like calendars and timers and write things down. Um, so that's a really big one for me. Uh, so staying on task and, and just um, around organisation. Mm -hmm. Is ADHD commonly misunderstood and in what way? Yes, uh, Molly. So ADHD is still misunderstood because unless you know somebody with it or um, have been around it, sometimes you're, you're not sure why a person is acting or doing things this, this, differently. Uh, so ADHD is called an, an invisible disability. And that's because you can't tell from the outside. So people see a person doing something uh, like acting a certain way or maybe reacting and being impulsive and they don't understand why. So they can judge and think that, oh, what a, a naughty child or they can't understand why they, you know, they should be able to do something by a certain age. And so that's where it gets really hard. Um, it's like when you buy a new car and you've never seen them before and it's very exciting and then you go out driving in your new car and you're like, oh, there's one over there. There's another one in a different colour. So it's kind of like that with ADHD is the more you learn about it and recognise what it looks like, it means that you can see it out there in the community a little bit more. So if something like this helps people maybe learn a little bit more about it, then that's a good thing. Mm -hmm. In what ways do you find ADHD to be a superpower? A superpower. So there are some really good qualities about ADHD. And the thing is, uh, how we diagnose it is we have a big list of all the negative things. So the things that we do find difficult. And so we have to remember that, yes, we have these things that we're going to struggle with, but everybody has strengths and weaknesses, don't they? Everyone has things that they're good at and not so good at. So it's about looking at those things that we can do really well. Like if we're interested in something, oh my goodness, we can just stay focused on it for hours and hours and we can learn so much about it. So that's a really, really good strength. And also being very creative because our brain works slightly differently. So sometimes we can see different ways of doing things or we'll look at it from a different perspective that somebody else doesn't have.
Do you have any advice for those listening with ADHD? Absolutely. Please just learn a little bit about your brain. And um, it's really important to recognize that, you know, some of these things are really tricky, but you're still an amazing person. So be gentle on yourself and forgive yourself. That would be probably the biggest one. Thank you so much. That was Tracy Rancher from ADHD New Zealand speaking to us about ADHD. In my next episode, I'll be speaking to Annabelle March about her ADHD journey. I hope you'll listen.